Got Crown Royale. Hey, Slaufeg Radio, season two premiere, episode one. This is uh, our new season in the new year uh, with the new administration. That's right. This is uh, Adrian and... Smoking Crown Royal. I mean, drinking Crown Royale black and smoking... Uh, th- Big blunts down here. It's a new year, it's new administration. With our man. Uh, no, yeah, we've and got uh, we've got a great season of um, guests and ep- items and episodes and topics to cover. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get going here, and uh, today we have a to to kick off our season two uh, world premiere episode. We have uh, uh, why don't you why don't you introduce the man no, himself, Mike? Do it all the time, you know. Oh, we got Angelo down here in house. Yeah, man, Angelo Tringali. He's not. This is not the Tringale tirade because he's not down in Monterey. I'm not mad. He's not angry anymore. He's not. He's angry. not he got. You know. He's not down there with his mortgage and his, and his wife, his big fat wife, and his kids and all that. You know. He got out of all that shit and came up here with us. And so now he's. Uh, this is the first time that Monterey all three of us exile, man. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> this is the first time that all three of us have been in the room together since uh, I believe it was March sixth. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen Mike since February. Yeah. So and I think you were in Monterey, Adrian, yeah. in July. Fourth of July. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I, I want to edit that last thing that I said. You know, Angelo about his big fat wife and his kids actually he's a doom head so that's not really how it works right can you describe your your apartment or your life in his, monterey the doom heads have like yeah. goth wives and uh and uh um little um oversized cats oh really i, yeah. I didn't know I about no that cats. yeah I, I hadn't i hadn't heard that no no you know the doom no. guys I didn't have, know that they no, have like no, go- I knew you could you could you can explain my living situation. i thought they lived in like places that have a lot of fog Adrian. and sat there and like did did like bong rips all day or something like that. I don't smoke pot. You know, isn't. Yeah, well, I don't I mean, know. You know if, I'm trying if to create an image for you here. I mean, doom- do, do I live in a doomed environment? You and they all know. think sun no, amps sound all. good. Yeah. No. <laughs> does does doom guys. Doom comes from within, Adrian. Oh, okay. But doom comes from within. Yeah, so it it's doesn't necessarily involve weed, in the soul. right? It's, it's the passion. It involves sun the Model T amplifiers, definitely. Well, absolutely. Unless you're British, and it's then all they're, they're all loyalists over there. And yeah. so what like do the Rich British Walker? He's a loyal. What they, do the they, British Doom guys? They use? just play Doom with marshals like Dave Chandler Lady. does, which yeah. is a, which is a cardinal sin. Uh, I mean, know, you know, I mean, Model T. If you have one guitar player, it works. Or a, or a Laney, of course. If yeah, you I was going to say, I thought Laney, Laney was. But you know, know really, the Doomheads all use green and and uh, orange amps. You know. Yeah. That's what they. You know, the ones in America, in California, because they can get them. Those damn, because they have all that goddamn money, all that crack money, or that that whatever they're doing. So the Doom guys have money. Some of them, yeah. Wow, that's pretty. I don't think selling all that damn that weed. Money. What they sell damn weed? They smoke their weed. No, they smoke their weed, and maybe they. I don't know. How do Doom guys they get money? It? How do they do know. that? Do they have any money? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't hmm. know. No, all right. Okay. <laughs> so Angelo, it's been a. Uh, we want to interview with the life of a Doom Monterey Doom. Yeah, man. exactly. It's because you know it said way back in 1999 in one of those uh, one of those metal true metal rags uh-huh. from uh, Greece because they're all into true metal over there sure. and all that shit. You know, and uh, it said it called uh, it said uh, in one of those magazines uh, I, I saw it. Right as I met you, maybe even before I met you, it said, uh, "Northern California's uh, kings of doom, uh, cold morning." Uh-huh, you know, sure. so you're a king of doom. You're not just one of the oh, minions uh, of, of doom, doom heads. You're well, the king of doom. doom. <laughs> oh. You're the nor- in, in nor- Northern, Northern California, California, one of the kings of doom. You know, sure. I dressed up as a I dressed up as a doom guy for Halloween. Is it flattering to be called that? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I dressed up as being called the king of true metal is not very flattering. No. I forgot the name of my um, my doom. You costume. had a sword. Uh, yeah, I had a uh, no. Yeah. I had a I, I had an axe and a hood. Okay. I forgot the name of the uh, the character. It was like the doomed executioner or something. Yeah, like something that. like that. Yeah. 
Oh, that's actually a good question. Uh, yeah. Where is there more overweight people at a at a doom festival or a true metal festival? And which one are there festival. less girls? Definitely a true metal festival. Yeah, I think you're right. That's oh, why it's yeah. so embarrassing. Oh, yeah. but lately the true metal festivals have been. There's some chicks there. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. Girls. No, 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 less girls in the doom shows for sure. Well, well last more time we were in New York. True metal festivals. Well, yeah. it wasn't a true metal thing really, but I mean, we headlined the what St. Vitus in New York last summer. Yeah. And. There were like these cute little girls there, there, was a girl there all yeah. over the place. There was yeah. a girl, and there were many of them. No, there was and, were, my, and I was yeah. walking past them, and I heard these girls talk, like gossiping, going, "Well, I started with I Twilight of the, the Idols, you know? and then I started I started with Down Among the Dead and Twilight of the Idols. Yeah. That was sort of my introduction. And now I'm and I was like, oh my god, yeah. they're having like hipcat hipster conversations about our yeah. records, girls in yeah. New York. <laughs> this is like a big step. No, I mean, seriously, man. It wasn't just a bunch of fat guys who smell like frozen burritos talking about no. Manila Road. You know, it was, anyway. no. My ex-boyfriend get, had a copy of April ex-boyfriend? Uprising, what? but then uh, oh, you know, oh. when I looked into the back catalog, I realized that there were so many other records before that. Yeah, okay. it's actually... So the um, intro music we heard there was Charles Gerhardt from the National Philharmonic Orchestra. That was uh, catalog number ARLT0183 on the RCA label. That's on the uh, the RCA Red Seal label. We're gonna uh, play one of Angelo's seven inches next, I think. But yeah, Angelo. So yeah. What, what you brought a bunch what of vinyl for us to play. You brought your first seven inch. Is that what happened? Well, well, I just wanted to show Adrian this this 45 that I. Uh, my first 45 that I bought was Rush, Tom Sawyer. And I know okay. that Adrian's... Yeah, we, we don't have that. to go get into that. Yeah, no, we man. can play that later. Let's check it out. Yeah, no, no, we ain't got to play that. No, no, we ain't got to play Rush. Special, um, but what was your first... That was your first... Adrian, what was your first 45 that you bought? Oh, sorry. I oh, probably I like... Um, probably like Bert and Ernie sing-along. Yeah. Okay, well, no, one that you bought, like, when you went out to the record store when you were, like, uh, you know, rock and roll, you know. Oh, okay. Um, for 7-inch? one inch? that your parents gave you. That, yeah. Because I had ones my parents for had. For 7-inch? Yeah, it was the first one you bought. Single, you know, 7-inch. First 7-inch seven seven inch yeah. single that I bought. Yeah. I would say probably um, probably some new wave thing when I was, like, 12. So you yeah. don't know what it was? No, I... What's I, the first one you remember buying? First one I remember buying? Well, I, you know, I'm I'm trying because it all just kind of like I started accumulating vinyl yeah. at a young age because I had uh, brother and sisters and cousins yeah, who know, would you know, know so like okay. I'm trying to think of well the first one you bought that you can remember that you know one of the early ones seven inch yeah seven inch well you know I I, I gotta say I think it was um, I think it was Motley Crue. Oh my God! Wait, I think looks it was the kill. What was it? Yeah, I think it was looks. The Wait kill. a second, that's hilarious. No, I did not know that because that's the first one I bought. Really? Yes, <laughs> I bought looks that kill. Cool. Okay, so like you said, you know your friends and your si- brothers and sit whatever. I remember my sister's first one, the one we went out together and bought it, but she bought it. She wanted it. She bought Southern Nights by Glenn Campbell, <laughs> and uh, they, so that was in the, the mid seventies at that point, I think, yeah. or maybe late, maybe seventies. Eight maybe at the at, I don't know it was pretty I mean, it was, it might have been before that it was pretty that's pretty mid seventies I think and then on the other side of it remember this on the other side of that Glenn Campbell seven inch was they would just put anything on on the, it right. was the uh, what's the what do they call the the Lone Ranger theme there's a, you know it's a um, I'm sure it does yeah it's it's I mean it's not from the Lone Ranger it was around before the, what the fuck is it called oh I don't know it's it's high it's someone's something oh god okay. I got we got to research anybody out there what's the Lone Ranger theme Spencer it was around before. The Lone Ranger, of course. So anyway, but you know they used to do that? You'd get like a seven inch, a rock and roll seven inch or a pop seven inch. On the other side, it would have like the backside Beethoven kind of, or yeah. Bach or, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So the first one I bought was yeah. Looks That Kill. Really? Yeah, in 83. Awesome. But you didn't have bought it in 83, did you? Or yeah, because um, cause my, my, my sister was more into like hair metal and stuff yeah. and like 
you know, kind of weird rock and roll. My brother was more into like Joe Satriani, Steve Vai, like total. But not those guys weren't even. There was a lot of there was a lot of like wanking stuff that he was into back then. No, yeah, but I mean, and then uh, and he was a couple years older than me, and so in between that stuff, and I was I was already looking at like Circus Magazine and yeah, yeah, same here, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was like, oh man, I gotta get this new Motley Crue album, you know? What did it? What did the the seven? Same here. I didn't. I just wanted the song because I saw it. Uh, and the cover of it looked, I knew what they looked like already. But yeah, I saw it in like Circus Magazine. Did the cover have uh, that you, because the one I bought, what was this, the B side? Oh, the B side was uh, um, I'm ten, 10 Seconds to Love, I think. Oh, really? really? Okay. Okay, yeah. mine was Piece of Your Action. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. On and the back I got side, it. looks the kill? Yeah. I still have it. I could bring it down. That yeah, I don't, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Why wouldn't you believe days. it? What do you mean? What do you because mean? it's two different albums. So what? Right. They would do that. They did that all the time back then. Yeah. Mm. Gotta sell those copies. It, it's it's true. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Especially since uh, that was on Electra and Electra remixed and and reissued and too reissued Too Fast for Love. True. Now the original Too Fast for Love is badass. I I the original I don't mix. Have, I have the I have the Electra. Have you ever heard it? No. Oh, dude. I probably had the Electra one too. I don't really, really? recall. But I don't have it anymore. Never heard the original Too Fast for Love. No, I don't have it. Oh my god. Oh, wait, who did you? I don't know. Though I had it's the record. Totally different mix. And I had the uh, record, but I don't remember. Probably not. I it's probably a different mix. The song sequencing is different, and um, there's different songs on it. What? Oh, okay. Dude, no, no. I, I don't Nuh-uh. think I had that. I don't on the vinyl? Oh, yeah. It's rare. It's well, rare. anyway, th- this 7-inch yeah. was... That's. I need to hear that. Then. I have a CDR of it. I'll, I'll copy it. What did it came out on? Just some small... Or, well, they put it out originally. Oh, they like did. They See, that's the kind of stuff that my sister had back in the day because when right. she, she was she was like 18, 20 years old yeah, in the yeah, mid eighties, yeah. and her, and her LA, friends down there in LA, and her yeah, and her yeah, friends were yeah, cruising yeah. the Sunset Strip and like hanging out at all those shows. So, oh, man. she was at Gazzari's, at the Whiskey, right. all that. But anyway, stuff. okay. One so last thing about this: first did they? Album. But she had yeah. all those records, and I don't know yeah. what happened to them. They they put it out on their own label on Leather Records, and then they signed to Elektra, and Elektra. Remixed and re-released. What did the cover look like of two? Same. Th- oh, same. Okay, same it's cover, an awesome yeah. cover. Okay. Um, so yeah, I got that seven inch. But did the one you buy have, you know, a lot of seven inches back then were just like paper and there wasn't any cover to it. But this had a glossy cover of mm. yeah, 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 Motley Crue looking like Motley looking Crue. Looking all badass. Looking and like I took it home. And my mom saw it. And I know I've said this story. I've told you this story, but I didn't know if I told it on the air. I brought it home and played it. You know, and my mother saw that when I brought it home initially. She saw the the cover of the of Motley Crue on there. And she went, Michael, these these guys are homosexuals. That's what she said. I'm <laughs> <laughs> looking at them. Your mother said that. Great. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I mean, wait from her. I mean, that's what you would think back then if you were, you know, my mom. You'd be like, well, they're wearing makeup and they're looking all like, you know. It, See, I was just going for, no, the, actually, they're, for the more they're satanic They're raging homophobes, to tell you the truth. <laughs> you know, maybe. I don't know. I, I was cutting out the one, pictures but. from Circus Magazine and Hit Parader and well, so putting them on my wall. Oh, yeah, so was I. And so I was going for, like, Wasp yeah, and Slayer yeah. and Motley Crue. And oh, I had Maiden and Sabbath, the, man. The most, what the mother... Me too. The yeah. most... Well, <laughs> once... Scorpions. Yeah, yeah, Scorpions, yeah, yeah, big yeah, time. Once I discovered Number of the Beast, I was like, oh, yeah, I got to put that on my wall. You know what? That's that's interesting. No, I did that. I was listening to... Before I discovered... Uh, Maiden and and stuff like that. I I uh, there was a sh- very short period in 1983 when you know when I got into when I w- when I w- I bought Quiet Riot, Metal Health, and Def, Def oh, Leppard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Def Leppard was definitely a gateway band, dude, because it was so popular. Was yeah. For me, it was you know when that came yeah. out, I got High and Dry, yeah. and I I was astounded by that record. I See, I didn't get that so till I already had Pyromania. Yeah, me too. I got a cassette of Pyromania. I didn't like Pyromania. 
I I didn't I. Eh, That's I how hardcore Angelo is. Is that I is know, that he had high and dry. Well, he was younger. Yeah, he was younger. Yeah, yeah, he was younger. <laughs> and also, you guys on the West Coast, I'm telling you, it was different. Oh, totally. In Pennsylvania, yeah. we didn't, yeah. you know, we didn't hear about Metallica until I didn't hear about Metallica until '84, '85. You know, yeah. because because yeah. they opened for Ozzy Osbourne, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but um, but uh, I got Pyromania. No, 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 I saw that tour. I got really. Of course oh. you did. I got Pyromania, yeah. and then I got horrible, Metal Hell. Horrible, horrible. And I was like, Bad oh, experience. this is cool. Uh, you know, this metal, yeah. And and I didn't. And I was '83. Yeah, was Pyromania 83. and Metal Hell. And then. My friend came back. He went. His parent, his dad, went on sabbatical in England. They spent a year in England, right there, like eighty-two. Oh, he brought back a bunch of he records. He brought back cassettes of Iron Maiden because it wasn't like you could find that much in in eighty-two, eighty-three around my hometown. You know, small place. It wasn't like you could go immediately find every Maiden album that came. You know, in my hometown, yeah, I couldn't yeah, find exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> so he came back with these cassettes of Number of the Beast and then Peace of Mind, and he's like, "Listen to this shit." And I was like, "It just," I was like, "Oh my god." What the hell am I doing listening to Quiet Riot? And then, and then uh, you know, then I heard Sabbath, and then it was all... Yeah. Anyway, what are you going to... Uh, no. Yeah, so Angelo, I'm sure you brought some vinyl. Yeah, so let's I, play I, one I of these seven inches. Of yeah, yeah. Um, What's the first one you want to play today? I don't know. I have this Goofy 45 from the early 60s. I don't even know if it's doo-wop, but the band is called Angelo's Angels. Oh, but you got to put it on. It's got to awesome. got to put it on. Um, yeah, it's yeah. on the Ermine label. Oh, Ermine. Speak into um, the microphone, well, If it's on the Ermine label, you know it's, it's going to be It's on the Ermine good. label. Catalog number... Yeah. E Dude. five nine. That's this Bob track Irvine, is called. Man. This track is called "I Don't Believe It" by Angelo's yeah. Angels. That's Bob Ermine from the from the Surf Grafters, man. That's that's what his that was his label. It's got to be good if it's on his label, man. He was well, of a course. fucking tweaker. Ermine? Everything on the Ermine that used label. To bring people, yeah, oh yeah. Everything yeah. on the Ermine label oh, between yeah. sixty one and sixty four. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Incredible. it says nineteen sixty. They brought all these hodads in there, yeah. you know, from down in, yeah. in Ventura, yeah. the guys who didn't surf. You know? So I just thought they were know, basically they were trying thought, to be Teddy Boys, American Teddy Boys. I thought that since was I'm here, thing. this would Irvine. be a fun way. Bob to start. Bob Ermine was the American Teddy Boy. I thought this would be a fun way to start the second season. Yeah. With Angelo's Angels. Here we go. Dig.
So uh, tell us about that one, Angela. What was that one called? That's one of the coolest songs of the 60s. It's called uh, Garden of My Mind by Mickey Finn, previously called Mickey Finn and the Blue Men. Um, rumored to have Jimmy Page in their band or on what? the studio recordings at some point. This is off a compilation record called English Freak Beat Volume 2. Um, Based on North Hollywood. Um, Ar- yeah. Archive International Hoover. Producing. Catalog, no, I can't see the catalog number here. But catalog anyway. number is AIP10047-A. There you go, yeah. Yeah, it's a cool track, man, Mickey Finn. That's a weird um, label, Archive International Producing yeah. from North Hollywood. Th- these compilation records came out in the 80s. And that was owned by Bob Monaco, he, who wrote that Platinum Rainbow, Absolutely. I think. Absolutely. No, that's pra- pra- Platinum Rainbow. That was that, that, was so that yeah. book. No, I'm not kidding. That was that book in the... In the uh, Late '70s, early '80s, that was like how to become an industry, mo- you know, like. Oh, uh, that, yeah. Do you know about that? Do you? Yeah. 
had to make it in the music Platinum business. Rainbow, yeah, Bob Monaco. Yeah, he was I have had to make it in the music <laughs> And they also have um, the Mule Skinners. Play, I know that. How to play rock guitar. Oh, I have okay. one of those. Books, well, you have though. Platinum Rainbow? No. The Dakotas. I know them. Point back in no, the ninety-one or two though, or something yeah. like that. Going like it was like how to how to get your stuff marketed, how to become a big. And yeah. Bob Monaco, all I remember is he was on the back of the, the book, looking. He looked just like the big ragu. You know, Carmine Ragusa, you know, from yeah, the Vernon Sh- Sh- Shirley. Yeah. He looked exactly like him. This album has some like cool that. stuff on it, man. It's great stuff on it. I, I know the Dakotas. I know the Dakotas. Yes. I know the Mule Skinners. Is the Mockingbirds on that volume? Mm, no, it doesn't look like it. Mm, the Mockingbirds became... Um, cool. Oh, one of those bands. Ah, shucks. What, what, what's um, Godly and Cream? What, what band were they in before? That ring any bells? No idea. No. At any rate, what's next? Strawberry Thunder or something like that. No. Well, it's the psych thing to do. Is like psychedelic stuff. You always get like they always, you know, you always like some household product or dessert or something, and then you, you know, you, 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 you put a name to it. You put it. Well, you put a. You put like a a. A military name in front uh, of I was gonna it. Say it's obviously Sergeant Pepper. Or, or, so yeah. it's always like, yeah. you know, Brigadier st- uh, st- Truffles or something or whatever. Yeah. You know. Colonel <laughs> Jello. What? Yeah. Colonel Jello. Yeah, that kind of shit. <laughs> I, I like mean, did Sergeant? The question is this. Here's the trivia question: Is Sergeant Pepper the first example of that, Probably or did not. the Beatles jump on the bandwagon? Probably not. Of you know, Strawberry Alarm or, or whatever. You know. Uh, uh, well, a lot of American bands. Baron Saturday yeah. is not uh, is is sort of an example of that from from. Uh, and Baron Saturday might be that pretty things might. That's sixty eight. So no, is it 68. before Sergeant? No, it's after Sergeant Pepper. Okay. Yeah, Baron Saturday. That's like that's, that's the ultimate example yeah. of that. So we're gonna have to do a psych uh, album or song, definitely, where we come up with oh, uh, a name like that, like I'm all about it. Lu- Lieutenant Lemon Meringue or something. You know. I like that. That could work. That's a little. You gotta. It's gotta be a little more uh, pithy. Sh- and shall we do mount, you guys, or is it too early? Do mount. Should we demount? He wants to mount you. <laughs> I'm not going to mount you. He said so. demount, which assumes we're already in like a train. Well, I mean, it's been a long time since we've all seen each other anyway, so maybe mount, mounting, mounting is the... Down, no, I think what Angelo was saying... in this studio anyway, besides that weird Russian guy who used to play here. Yeah. I think... Um, mounting homeless chicks down here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I mounted... Well, I will. <laughs> mounted a homeless chick down no, here? No, he, he mounted... Well, used to, that chick he used to bring down... That, down here? That guy. That, yeah, that crazy guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ilya. Ilya used to Didn't do all sorts. Did he set up a tent down here or something? He did all sorts of kooky shit down here. I'd come in when, when you weren't around, yeah, no one's yeah, around, yeah, yeah. and he'd have toothpaste. He was sleeping here. He had toothpaste out. These are the yeah. things that happen in our rehearsal room. shit all over the place. And some here. woman down here yeah. who was with like a, a, ba- a garbage bag. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, I was like, yeah. whoa, this guy's getting hardcore. You know? Yeah. <laughs> wow. God, we got rid of that guy. I was a little scared. I was worried about our equipment, and I was like, "Wait, what's this guy gonna do?" Yeah, I'd be uh, a little worried. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't worried about. Uh, I mean, anything. I, I the yeah. thing that was scariest is he was trying to get me to jam with him all the time. Because well, really he was, the thing is, that. he yeah. was even before he moved like, in no, with us. Even before he moved in with us, he was always here. He was. He always had no, a room I know, I know. there. He had a room upstairs. Yeah. He, you know, he always had a room somewhere. It was like so. you can do anything you want to do. You can you can drink my whiskey from an old fruit jar, but don't ask me to jam with you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> You what can even step on my blue suede shoes, but don't ask me to jam yeah. with you. <laughs> well, needless, is it time for a Doom song or no? Let's play a Doom song. Let's hear some yeah. Doom. Do you have any two-piece Doom, man? Do I have what? <laughs> no, I don't, no, no. Two-piece. Drums and guitars. Two-piece festival. Yeah. I won't go there. 
<laughs> so when are you going to get back from the two piece festival? Oh, that's going to be a while. And give us a review of you know the two the pay festival? festival. The two pay festival. Well, we yeah, could yeah. yeah we could use that too. Yeah. All right, so this <laughs> is yeah, we, could, we might we might both want that. Yeah. So this is um, this is very doomed. We're going to play a Paul Chain song. Good. Yeah, cool. Solitude Man. I don't know if this is 45 We're going to make some serious efforts here to not make this like that metal show with Eddie Trunk because there's three of us here. and uh, No, it's already not. There's no already danger, there's no danger of that. Already have way you, cooler than that. that? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Lame beyond belief. <laughs> it's Lame it's beyond belief. What is it? That metal show. You know, Eddie Trunk. No, I, haven't, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Those guys, you know, it's just really, uh, what, I can't think of the word for it, you know? Lame. Bland? Yeah. Like, uh, what kind of stuff do they play? Well, they don't play a lot. They have interviews on there. Yeah, it's but it's, it's like kind of like really. It's uh, not even worth discussing. It's kind of cronyish. They don't really. Uh, yeah. yeah, they're certainly not. They're certainly scared to say anything against anything or anybody. Like again, like they're just like kissing everyone's ass. It's like, oh man, this band's so great, and like every band is so great. It, it, I watched a couple. I've never like watched it before. I heard Eddie Trunk talk, and he's just one of those guys. It's on. So it's on television or Netflix. It's or? on. Is it, it, on it was on VH1. So Angelo, um, tell tell us a little bit about Paul Chain We're in the goddamn and, uh, air right now, and, I and think his a history and relations to doom metal. Wow, Paul Chain has a very very um, complicated history. Yeah. He has a very complicated history, and it's very obscured. That sounds very doomy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, he's Italian. Um, he's in okay. a band called Death SS in the late seventies. Then he yeah, went they solo. Were they were good. It, Death SS is awesome. Yeah. Um, and all of Paul Chain's solo stuff is really cool. It's all very different. Um, some of it's very ambient. Some of it's like straight oh, up doom metal. That's great. Um, it's ambient in the sense that he just will record stuff with like keyboards and you yeah. know percussive instruments and do weird things with his voice. Atmospheric. You know. Yeah. Um, Ambience. So it sounds kind of like Burzum. Some of his stuff is kind of krautrockish, which is really cool. Ah, A lot of it's very psych, um, very Sabbathy, heavy doom type. You know, this particular track I believe is more of a straight up doom metal song. It is off a record uh, (laughs) called um, I think it's called Park of Reason, and it came out maybe twenty years ago. Wow. Okay. Cool. What's it called again? This song is called Solitude Man. All right, Paul Chain. And Paul Chain, his his vocals aren't. he doesn't write lyrics. He just like vocalizes weird vocal sounds. Wait, what? His vocal style is purely phonetic. Wait, did not in Death SS though, right? No, he didn't sing in y- Death yeah. SS. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't know who. Yeah. And this is all very Italian too. So you get that whole occult mysticism. That occult Italian weird mysticism. Weird kind yeah. of um, paranoid. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, there's paranoia. There's a lot of paranoia with these people. Yeah. Um, Superstition. And it's Paul Chain. It and at the end of the day, he's a killer fucking guitar player. Why the so hell is his name Chain if he's... Oh, they call him Chain. It's probably Paolo Catano. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Hmm, all right. Paul Chain. Here's, uh, here's some Paul Chain. Gitano Catano. That's a good...
So that was uh, one of my favorites, uh, one of our favorites on this show. This that was the Bourbon Knights. That was the Bourbon Knights from uh, from Carbondale, Illinois. That song was called Whip. That's off of their, uh, I believe, their second album. It's called Cry of the Banshee. And uh, you know, again, there's no catalog number on this thing, man. I'm so disappointed. I think they need those catalog numbers, man. Well, because I think they um, they release their own stuff. They're not on a label or anything. Still, you got to catalog your releases, R- right? You g- yeah. How else are people going to find this How stuff? How else out? are people going to know? Yeah. So, <laughs> this is recorded in two thousand and two. It's recorded in two thousand and two. Catalog numbers on my records. I wouldn't be able to find anything. Nothing. Yeah, right. Nothing. Can't find anything. Yeah. I mean, that's I'm like, where's my Alice Cooper album? I, there's no catalog number that I don't know the How catalog number. There is know? one, but I don't know it, right? Yeah. And I have to look through every record yes. every time until I find that Alice yes. Cooper record. Yeah. Yes. So no other. How else are you going to organize them? <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> so is your Alice Cooper under A, under C, or under? Oh wait. What? That's a good idea. You should put it under. Oh, I'll just put them in alphabetical order. Yeah. Why didn't I think of that? But is oh it under A God. or under C? Oh, Jesus! I'm going to start doing that. Oh, my Black Sabbath albums will be next, and Black Flag, and. And then you know Elvis Costello. Yeah, but then so you would you would file Alice Cooper under A. Yeah. 
What? No, I would. I would. What? No, I do it by catalog number, but I don't even know the catalog numbers. So you just said you just said that yeah. you would put it next to Black Sabbath. Yeah, I'd probably put it under A. Yeah. I wouldn't. No. No. Well, I I, I just discovered this whole alphabetical order. Where do you, where right do you now, have so your Alice know. Cooper albums? None of my albums are in order. I mean, but like, what? But where, where are they? Number. You know where no, they I don't. are. I don't. I just go by whatever. You know where they I are. I close though, my right? eyes and I reach for records. But you know where your Alice Cooper records Absolutely. are. Absolutely. Where are they? What are they next to? Stone down there. Actually, my Alice Cooper out. It's in C O O. So it would be next to. Um, it would be right after Cyril and Gall. And um, Gall. Cyril Ungol. Ungol. And um, Ungol. And Brockus Helm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what would be after Alice Cooper in my collection? Um, geez. I don't know. Yeah, I see, I don't know. file. I file. Al- for me, Alice Cooper is under classic rock. Oh, right. God, you do that? Yeah. I, I do that too, actually. I, I have a whole Doom genre. section. I have oh a psych man. section. Yeah. I, I file under section. genre. Yeah. For sure, man. Because yeah. cause if, you put, yeah. cause if you put Alice Cooper under A, then what's going to be right before that? ABBA. You can't have yeah, AC, ABBA next AC, to Alice DC. Cooper. No. Why not? No. 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 Unacceptable. No. Yeah, Completely. No. I don't have any totally ABBA al- uh, vinyl. Oh, lies. What do you mean, lies? Lies. Do you what have you something that you want to play? I have a vinyl. I have ACDC next to Alice Cooper. I would. Yeah, that, that, I would. That, that I would works. if I did things alphabetically. Right? Yeah, that, that works. ACDC next to Alice Cooper works. I should do it by like the temperament of the people involved. You know? You could. Like, that's, like that's totally legit. Angry people. Filing yeah, like records Henry by Rollins, temperament of the band members. Know. It's totally legit. Yeah, yeah. Totally legit. Like you who, could do that. Who else yeah. is angry? Uh, um, Harley Flanagan. Harley, well, yeah, but that would very be just angry. punk rock in general. You know, very, stuff that's very not punk. angry. What's angry music? Oh, so I got Elvis Costello next to Harley Flanagan. You know, angry young man. You know, music. you know what band is you very know? angry was, um, um, oh man, what's that band from Australia? Stiff Little Fingers. No, 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 no. The band that was kind of like ACDC. They were very boogie woogie. Rose Tattoo. Yeah. Rose Tattoo. Yeah, that guy's pissed, very, dude. He was pissed. Really? Angry Anderson. Yeah. His first name is Angry. Oh yeah, okay. That dude is fucking. You put pissed. him next to Nasty Suicide, so you have like. But na- no, Nasty's just nasty. Ne- next to. Um, nasty uh, is uh, a whole genre unto itself. Yeah, yeah. Like all the nasty well, bands. Michael, Michael Monroe's yeah. not very angry, no. Michael Monroe's pretty cool, dude. Yeah, I know. I saw him from the back recently. Or. Uh, no, bam! Where were you? Wow. <laughs> I was riding my bike past the. Uh, it was like three in the morning, and I was going past the Paradise Lounge. It was three in the morning, and I was at. Uh, well, I knew that Michael Monroe had played there, and I saw him from behind. It was I was three like, this Michael I was Monroe, dude. Yeah. I said, Pretty man, cool. who's this guy with this hair? He was Michael Monroe. No, was, yeah. All right. I only saw him from behind. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is groovy stuff, this man. This is killer, dude. This is one of the coolest songs of the 80s, I think. I'll be the judge of that. Uh, dude, you, you will agree. Yeah, we're going, we're going uh, back in the day. Yeah, this is killer. <laughs> back in this the day. This is one of my favorite non metal albums. Non-metal albums. We're playing a lot. I, it's good to play non-metal here, but we'll have to get some. Uh, we'll to You'll get like some, this, Mike. You know, oh, I will. Now. This particular singer, the way he sing, the way this, this guy vocalizes, singer. yeah, the way oh, he vocalizes is incredible. Okay. One of my favorites. Another, oh one boy. Of, uh, another one of those Us Festival performances. Oh God, is someone like that? Okay, I thought yeah. you were gonna be, I thought it was going to be obscure, and uh, you know, well, it's, it's an obscure song from a not so obscure yeah. um, artist. Killer. Ooh. Yeah. Who did play at the US Festival? Yeah, he did. He played at the US Festival. I think he only did one song. Was he might have. Work or I think he did one song at the US Festival because. Colin uh, Hay? No, because his uh, he had the same manager well, as Sting. Festival. Right. So so he had. Oh, Paul Simon. He, he had the same manager as Sting. Festival. And so Sting's manager said, hey, um, you got to put this guy on or else you don't get Sting. Joe Walsh. No Sting. 
Yeah. No sting. You put this Ultra guy on, box. or you get no sting. Play there? No. I don't know about no that. No didn't play at the, at the Us Festival. Play the song, man. All right, here we go.
I tell fibs? One of our favorite bands from the day. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I remember totally. getting that record, um, yeah. and I remember bringing it to Kyle Toucher because that was when he played at Penn State when Heart, when my band uh, Heart of Darkness opened for them, which was fucking awesome. Yeah. But uh, bringing him, he hadn't seen the record yet, so we went out and oh, bought really? the record, okay. and uh, say, uh, showed it to him because we. He, the first thing he said when he showed up for the sound check or whatever is that he hadn't. Uh, 
seen it yet. I haven't even seen my new record. Well, man. that was like us going on That's New totally Organic. Like we hadn't really yeah. seen our record yet, or something. I, don't know. I guess maybe not. I don't know. Oh we no, did. they came. To, they came to New York. Yeah. They, I mean, they so sent we saw them to the New CDs York, in New York, and we, we saw the CDs, but we hadn't seen them. Yeah. And so Kyle Toucher showed oh, up, yeah. and he hadn't seen his record. So we, Tony, you know, Tony, Heart of Darkness, brought him uh, the record, and he got immediately just bitched about it. It sounds like something I would do. He was like, he was like, he was like, oh man, what the hell? Like about some of the layout. And then, and then it said, there's a sticker on the front saying something heavy metal something. And he was pissed that it said heavy metal. I mean, but clearly that's a kind of a metal record. I I I still have the bump sticker on that. Oh really? Does it say, does it say metal on it? Yeah, it says, well, yeah, it was released on what? Death Records, which is like some yeah, kind of offshoot death. from Metal on, Blade. Yeah. Yeah, for, fans you know, like of for fans of Corrosion of Conformity, you know, punk metal, Oxnard, California. Something Dr. metal, no. yeah. It said huh. like hardcore, yeah. hardcore metal yeah, crossovers. Yeah, yeah. The fact that it said metal pissed him off. And yeah. things went downhill from there as far as his, his attitude that night. But it yeah. was still He awesome. wasn't very pleasant when I uh, saw Dr. No. Yeah, he, he wasn't unpleasant to us. He no. was just sort of curmudgeonly. But then I again. never me, saw me and, me and some friends were standing in front of the venue, the farm in San Francisco. Oh, oh yeah. no in, way! In 1987, yeah. Really? October 30th, 1987, and um, the right. night before the farm closed. Yeah. Mentors, yeah. Doctor well, No, yeah. Scream with a very young David Girl. Um, oh wow! And for oh, Monterey, Case yeah. Rossera and uh, Frightwig played. Who? Frightwig band. Frightwig. Frightwig. <laughs> I remember that name. I yeah. remember Frightwig. Yeah, they were called Frightwig. Yeah, that was remember Frightwig. Remember the name Frightwig. That's yeah. all I remember. Yeah. Yeah. They were they played as a three piece and they announced that they had another guitar player, but the, she was pregnant at the time. Oh. Do you have a flyer from that? Yeah, I do actually. Yeah. I have do a flyer. Yeah. Really? I have yeah. a flyer from the show we did too. Well, yeah. If cause you could you scan that for me? Because um sure. cause, cause Maureen has a, yeah. an art studio at the farm. Now, oh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah the, 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 the farm's still open, but it's just a, uh, it's just our art people studios. Live there. and uh, there's some people who live there. Right, there's a couple right, people. There's only like right. two apartments. Yeah, the rest yeah. is all like art studios there's and music studios, studios and stuff. Yeah. And uh, she's been collecting old Fly. flyers oh. from the farm. That's awesome. I'll look so for mine. Because when they have, uh, well, at least pre-COVID, when she was having open studios and mm-hmm. stuff, we would put up all the old flyers in one room, and I was showing old videos that I found, and I was projecting them on the wall of old videos of the farm from cool. like the 70s and stuff. And yeah. some of that stuff is is trippy. Classic. So like, well, to wa- to walk through. It's iconic. <laughs> well, it is to, iconic. <laughs> to roam the hallways that you know yeah. these kinds of things happen and then have the flyers and then like i said i had a room yeah. where i put i project all the things i could find that's from, great from the farm on the, so that's cool that you went to shows there and i yeah. think i would project I too if i saw that yeah. 17 <laughs> years old i looked nothing like a 21 year old and i walked right up to the bar and i <laughs> ordered my beer but anyway kyle after, after the show me and some friends <laughs> ishmael we're, was cool he we're stayed standing up in front of the venue and and kyle just kind of like ran up out of nowhere and kind of looked at us and goes, oh, you guys are standing on the corner in San Francisco at 2 in the morning. Real cool, guys. And he ran off. I remember you telling me that. Yeah, He's kind yeah. of a dick. He yeah. didn't do that to us. Well, I remember that it was Heart of Darkness. It was 1986. It was yeah. my band, Heart of Darkness. And uh, for any of you radical underground uh, punk rockers out there from the East Coast, if you remember, a, a popular band, uh, Necrocedia, uh, from cool. Pittsburgh. Wait, name. you know that? Oh, no, 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 I just like no. The name. They actually were known at, at one point. I mean, in the There's scene. There's a ton whatever. of necro bands. Yeah, I know there are. Uh, yeah, and um, uh, uh, and then uh, Doctor No, that instance of showing him the record, him not getting, uh, getting kind of pissed about it, but not at yeah. us. You know? And then him staying at my friend's house, um, and uh, Kyle being sick and falling asleep behind the couch. And Ish- was his name Ishmael, the bass player? 
Yeah. Staying up all night, yeah. going like having a good time talking yeah. and partying and stuff like that. And he was and that's the, it. He wasn't in the band when I saw them. Yeah, no, he it was, was he was, was only yeah, he wasn't on plug in Jesus. But there's right? there's or, footage or of the show that I was at. Um El Duce came out and and did fist fuck with them and there's footage of it on yeah, YouTube. It's pretty that cool. That makes sense. Yeah. They did that. It they, was fun, man. People, was all fun I remember show. Is people yelling fist fuck over and over again. And right. Then finally, because that was their that was their hit. God damn. Oh, and, and before that, of course, you said the band that played the US Festival. Who was that? The band, the first song you, that we played here. Adam and the Ants. Adam and the Adam Ants. And the Ants. Was it? No, no, no. At that point, were they called Adam and the Ants, or were they called Adam and? It was Adam and the Ants. Adam and the Ants. For the first the album, was called Adam and the Ants. Adam and the Ants. Yeah, but for the US Festival, it was just Adam and. Yeah. Oh, so he performed solo at the S Festival. What it yeah, was. oh yeah. I mean, well, the was it were only together for a few year, couple of years. Something was like it a name change? Like the Lord Bruce well, the original, to slap? The original Adam and the Ants, <laughs> his original band. <laughs> say, oh, at Vakken, or I mean, yeah, at, at yeah. Keep It True. That was actually Slaufeg. It wasn't the Lord Weird Slaufeg. Right. It was Scousy solo thing after the original right. band broke up. No, the original <laughs> Adam and the Ants, actually, Malcolm McLaren convinced the band to leave Adam, yeah, and okay. that okay. band became Bow Wow Wow. wow. And yeah, they Adam became had to get wow, wow. a new band yeah. because Malcolm McLaren discovered the girl, the singer girl, and she was like 15 years yeah. old or something, oh, 16 yeah. years oh, old. Okay, I didn't know that. And uh, he yeah. was like, "You need, you need the, you need the coolest new wave backing band possible." Right. Was he was yeah. like, "Ants." Yeah. And they thought Adam. And Adam got screwed they thought sideways, but Adam came back with another ass. band oh, and, yeah. and became, you know, Goody two shoes. way more popular. Yeah. yeah, dude, Adam Ants a badass. He's pretty badass. Yeah, he's pretty great. Yeah, I'd go see that. I heard Stephen Piercy from Rat. Saying that was his big inspiration. Oh, really? Uh, Adam Ant uh, and Duran Duran were his two biggest. They're like, oh, what metal band? It was in some interview he did. I'm sure a lot He's of people not heard. Not nearly as cool as any of those guys. Well, but in in no, I, I agree. But but Stephen in, in Pierce uh, is a total douchebag. Uh, maybe I don't know, but in, but in um, he's in that new commercial. Have you I don't seen that I don't know him. Yeah, for for Geico. Yeah. Yeah. But but I he hate, but I hate that commercial. Yeah, it's pretty I annoying. It's the pretty channel annoying. Every time I see it's that, it's annoying. But he Change said that when they show him around and around and all that, he did wear eye patches and have like a lot of different, you know, sort of new romantic shit going on. And they're like, yeah, what, sure, was, sure. what was up with your fashion choice? Because one thing I do like about Stephen Pierce or did like about him is that he didn't look like Vince Neil or, or no. uh, any of those. Or, no. or what's the, the annoying guy from uh, who had his own. You guys would still watch that stupid ass reality TV show about Brett Michaels. He mm. didn't look That's like. a great show. He didn't, okay. Mm. He didn't look like mm. the Axl Rose, any of those guys. He did. He did do his own thing, you know. He he looked. Well, no, he weird. didn't. He did Adam Ant's thing. No, that's what Boom. I'm saying. Though he did. He did. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And they ask him, "Where did you get that look? What was up with your look? It didn't look like Vince Neil or whoever. You know, the glam prototype yeah. that you." And he said, "My two favorite, you know, front men were Simon LeBon from Duran Duran and Adam Ant. So yeah. I just looked like them." I can see that. I mean, well, Adam yeah. did like a pirate thing, and Stephen Pierce. No, that, did he, like that's, a that's shirt, the whole point. He did the, he did the pirate thing, and then the Simon yeah. LeBon part, I guess. I can't remember what he attributed to that, but there was something going on with him. That well, Simon LeBon had that kind of oversized shirt oversized shirt thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. The poofy shirt that was tucked in with like a sash. I guess, and yeah. I mean, Simon yeah. LeBon's a piece of work. He is. He's a very awkward front man, but Absolutely. he's good. He's very awkward, Yeah. but he's a great singer. He is a good singer. And he, the, what, what I always thought was yeah. he basically is the rock and roll version of... Uh, Malcolm McDowell. Oh, we were talking about. He how is Malcolm McDowell. We were talking about. He how looks Sim- like him. He's Simon LeBon should have taken over for, for Diamond Dave. Yeah, that would have been better than Sammy Hagar. Better yeah. than Sammy Hagar. That should have been yeah. si- Simon Le Hagar. Simon Le Halian. Yeah, but Le-Halian. he doesn't have much of a sense. Simon, Simon, Simon the Le- Alien. Simon yeah, Le Halian. Yeah. But doesn't isn't he, doesn't he look like Malcolm McDowell <laughs> sure, from sure. Uh, 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 Clockwork Orange? He has the yeah. same pasty English, and he's tall like that. And he he's basically yeah, when yeah, I first yeah, saw yeah. them, I was like, yeah. 
that's Malcolm McDowell. You know, wow. and he has the same sort of cynical look on his face a lot of the time. So Cyn- anyway, cynicism. so now we're talking about Simon LeBond. I can't imagine him being a very pleasant guy. Um, actually, I've seen stuff. I saw an interview in the eight in the eighties with Duran Duran on like MTV or something where John Taylor was doing all the talking because he seems very or, or Andy no John Taylor because it's kind of his band. And right. the other guys are talking a bit. Nick Rhodes, you know. Star- it's not kind of his band. They all started it together. They he sta- him and Nick Rhodes started the band way before any of those other guys were around, so including his brother. So anyway, it was, it so, was, so it was, Simon LeBond. It was the bass player, it was the drummer, and yes. the keyboard player, and the guitar player before they got Simon. I, so yeah, it but basically it w- all four of them. Actually, no. It started. Found the no, we were on the same airplane. It's all the same documentary, which apparently you don't remember well. It was huh. John Taylor and, and Nick Rhodes, the keyboard player. And then they got the drummer. Uh, they got they got uh, the guy with uh, the same same name as the drummer for Queen. What is it, Roger? Roger Taylor, Taylor yeah. who yeah. wasn't their brother. And then his brother joined the band. So first it gotcha. was just those two. Then yeah. they got Simon LeBon, Le and they didn't believe that was his real name, which I wouldn't either. Though in this interview, John Taylor was doing all the the talking, right? Because right. it's kind of his band, you know. And 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 then Simon LeBon just sat there in the corner, just going. With this really bored look on his pl- face, yeah. And then I saw another, you know, but I think he was like, I think he was coked up. <laughs> Whoa, in the eighties? No. I think he was. I think he was gacked. They had that back. Gacked then? to the past or something. Yeah, yeah. He was gacking in the past. He was gacked <laughs> to the past. Yeah. <laughs> well, you remember that interview where someone said we played in Baltimore and someone wrote this big interview a uh, re- review, and they said they said that Mike, Mike Scalzi was all <laughs> coked up, so he didn't he didn't like oh, talk God. to anyone or something. <laughs> I was I did I wasn't coked up at all. I was just doing my Simon LeBon impression, you know. Well, that's it. Yeah. Anyway. No, I totally remember that when uh, yeah, there was a review <laughs> that said how I you, don't you were that. all coked why up. Why would that guy, why did that guy think that because his point was I wasn't I was scowling and not talking to anybody. Now God knows if I was coked up I would be talking. <laughs> <laughs> I could see how somebody would think that you were coked up if you're like sometimes when you're like bouncing around talking to five different people. But I wasn't but time. no, the whole point was that he was saying I didn't talk to anyone and I was scowling and stuff. So hmm. he must have been high on coke. That didn't make any sense. Yeah, that doesn't he was stoned or something. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. No. Anyway, was um, that the, was that the la- this most recent time we oh went to no, Baltimore? Oh no, no, this was the first time we went to Baltimore in like 90 f- or 2005, I don't know, 5 maybe. Yeah. In that tiny little place with Bible of the Devil, where that was. The place right you go down downstairs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. National yeah. Bohemian. Oh yeah. my Nanny god. Bo- yeah. I yeah. I don't even know how you guys remember that. It was the night after we played New York. Yeah, and I was exhausted because yeah. I was trying to sleep in the van. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was uh, that was when Maureen and I were still dating. Yes, and she might have even been there. Maybe she maybe. was at the New York show. I don't know. She I don't might know. have been. No, she traveled with us. Did a she come bit. with? I remember. She came with us somewhere. Yeah, she did. I think yeah. she, uh, I don't remember if that it was, was like one a of big shows. happy bunch of Reuben and and, oh, yeah. and her and Chewy. All these. Uh, yeah, yeah well, that was a good time, man. Chewy. Tom Phillips was there too. We all hung out and. Well, he was. Yeah, yeah. It was Where do we go? We, we were walking around downtown, and we went to some like weird pool hall or something. Where like they that. serve hot dogs? Yeah. yeah. Sauerkraut hot dogs in a in some weird giant gaming uh, yeah, right, pinball right. place. It yeah. was really weird. It was some big weird emporium. It looked like yeah. a like one of those fish fry like a uh, um, Saturday night fish uh, elks, fry Elks Club night thing right. for everybody to bring their right. families in. It was, this, it was something like that. It yeah. was just weird. It was very strange. <laughs> <laughs> Nate sat there, and none of us had slept the night before, and it was no. all no. The gig was pretty grim, I remember. Yeah, it was kind of... Yeah. I mean, it was fun, but Jim Powell it wasn't... Was there too, yeah. The yeah. Baltimore gig, you mean? Yeah. The first uh, one was... Uh, yeah, that was yeah I, I remember that not being too great. I mean, we pretty much ripped out of there that night. I don't think we stayed in Baltimore or anything, no, I doubt right? It. Yeah. Probably not, no. 
Hmm. I'm sure this is fascinating for all these people, all the listeners here. So are we going to do our... Uh, yeah, you know what is fascinating is that uh, the three of us actually made a record together. I seem to I have a, a vague memory of, 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 of this record. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, to kind of go with the kind of gloom and doom that Angelo brings that to... I bring from uh, Monterey. From, from, the, from the doom house The central of coast. From the doomed central coast. The central doom house. Um, you know, all those depressing places like Carmel down there. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's Big grand. Sur. Those it's doomy, bleak. cold, dark yeah, places. They, they remind me of London. I mean, when I'm in, when I'm in Big Sur, all I can think of is absolutely. Am I? Am I? Absolutely. You know, am I in Piccadilly Circus or am I in a you know Sherlock Holmes book or or story or way? Do you? It's really, um, it really resembles that a lot. Yeah. Do you? Did you see when they were <laughs> filming that movie in Car- they were the that series in Carmel that they were filming and Monterey a couple of years ago? It was on uh, HBO. No, but I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. Did you go to any of those places where they where they were filming that? No. You didn't sign up uh, to be an like extra. They look like Birmingham. I did not. They look no. like you know where Tony Iommi grew no, up and no, no, innovated no, no, no. metal because there's like industrial silos everywhere. Hell, Cannery Row was parts there of, after all. Parts of Return to Witch Mountain <laughs> were filmed in Monterey. <laughs> really? Yeah. You know the flashback scenes. It of does the have an industrial boats? history. Uh-huh. That's a one common thing. Whoa, really? That's my dad, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Return to Witch Mountain. Yeah. Your dad's in Return to Witch Mountain. Um, yeah, that's my dad's boat. They, My dad and uh, my uncle. Did and he give him any money? Oh, this is 1970-what? Yeah, this is way no, back I'm saying, Did he know he was in it? Did they say, can we film you in this? Well, yeah, they went on the boat. They asked, they they asked my money. dad if they can go fishing with them to film, and they just filmed my dad and my uncle and well, everybody they had else to give fishing, pulling nets and all that. Were and they exploiting they the Italians down there or what? Who knows? Maybe they gave him a couple what hundred ap- bucks. What happened yeah, to that yeah, yeah. boat? Oh no, that's that that boat sunk. Did it really? It did, yeah. Which no, my dad had in two the boats. Too. My dad had two boats. One Oh man, this is all in the seventies, so I was a child. Um <coughs> one he used and then another one he got and they had a, a terrible fishing accident. The boat caught on fire. Whoa. Oh, yeah, he stopped and, fishing because of that, right? Or no, he stopped fishing because of something. Man. He stopped fishing because of that, yeah. Dude, yeah, that's a Doom were, song yeah, right yeah. there, man. Oh, totally. Yeah. That was the Doom Yeah, of they were treading water yeah, for yeah, hours. Doom of Why don't you write songs about burials? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was heavy. So I remember I was a kid. That was very, very heavy. Boating accidents and swimming in the in the cold water at night. That is pretty Doom. Yeah, it's totally Monterey, I'm telling you. It's Monterey. Do some Steinbeck Doom, Monterey, you know what I mean? But anyway. <laughs> that movie, Return to Winch Mountain. That's <laughs> those fishing scenes. That's that's my. It's dad. a goddamn oh Disney movie. I'm totally do me about Disney. Well, they don't. They don't bald. I'm so totally now we all gonna go and watch Return to Witch Mountain. I'm gonna go watch that. I didn't like, like those tomorrow. Movies. No offense. I, 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 I liked it when I was a kid. I didn't yeah. like those I kids. I thought they were phony. You know. What I mean? Well, Beck, I, I was, was more of a Freaky Friday kind of guy. You know, sure. if you want to get into that <laughs> oh, I saw the original and the and the and the remake in the theater. Both Freaky Friday in the theater. I must have been six, seven. I don't know. Was a, was so a cool speaking thing of uh, anyway, having freak, said all that, yeah, having said all that, um, from the our, our most recent album, uh, New Organon on Cruise Del Sur Records, the catalog number is uh, Cruise See, that's, two five. That's six what I like five. about Cruise Del Sur. They assign catalog numbers yeah. to their releases. Well, that's why. That's right? you know why they do that because then everybody can find them easily yes. in their in their yeah. collections. And How play else them are they going to yes. find them? Makes perfect sense. You know that way you can find them. And go, right. oh, it's Cruise number. And then I mean, wh- where would you? F- where else would you yeah. file that record? L. Well, S- it's Cruz, so you'd put it under. M- you put it next to Alice Cooper and Elvis, Elvis Costello. Under you know? T for the Lord Weird Slaufeg. Oh no, no, but no, no, you wouldn't. No, no you put it. No, no, because no. it's Cruz number one. No. You'd go by the, the no. catalog number. No. Cruz. You see, that's why they do that. They assign catalog numbers. Yeah, makes perfect sense. That's so why. the song that's that why, we're yeah. gonna we're gonna play here that I think all of us um, kind of agree on. This is the Sword of Machiavelli. <laughs> Thank you. 
Yeah, that was it. That was so. That was a brand new track there. Brand new for 2020. That what? That was the only completely new song, original song we've done since COVID. Or you? True. Done. Yeah, we. So tell us about that there, Pally. Sounded a lot like the one that was before it, though. Yeah. It did, and that's uh, that's one of the interesting experiences that we have together as a band, the three of one us. One of the interesting experiences we've had together. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think we should get into the interesting experiences. Interesting experiences. Talk about that. Mm. No. But, uh, but that, that was actually like a song I wrote for you to yeah. sing. Like I know, but but it it just never we never it never took off. Yeah, we never we never had it going on, man. So and what is this song, and where did you get? Where, we, you know, is it available now? What the hell? Uh, You're yeah. always plugging everything, but you won't even plug yourself. Oh, uh, I plugged myself a lot in the '90s. Except for you. Yeah, but that was off of our uh, <laughs> our. We uh, um, we were fortunate enough to be uh, included on a compilation oh, album that was put out last year. This is uh, we worked. Who put it out? You won't plug that either. What what label put this this oh, compilation yeah, out? This is another uh, Barry Sausage production. Oh really? Yeah. I love that label. Yeah, this is a what catalog number? Nonsense. Catalog number is oh, God, Barry Sausage catalog. Oh, it's BSP08. It's 08, really? Yeah, their BSP, eighth release? BSP 08. Because I only have a couple of their releases. I want to complete my whole Berry Sausage. You're not the only person who has said that. A, all right, all right. A couple Save of people have emailed and else. said, no. well, wait, which wait. one is BSP 05? <laughs> because if, if, if New Organon's single is BSP 07, right. then what's 5 and 6? You know? and, and I'm like, well, I don't know. Is it on Discogs? Um, no, I don't think. Well, that's a good question. I, I feel like I we're I losing some listeners as you guys have this nonsense conversation about nothing. Because you're I it's catalog I numbers. No man. one's buying this. I don't think. I don't mean buying it. I mean they're not buying. it. I don't think this is nonsense it's a hoax. at all. It's a hoax. Talk about the song. People I are saying this. <laughs> what is people going on with this song? I've, I've heard from a lot of people that it's a hoax. Yeah. Yeah. Very sincere. I'm sincerely curious on what the catalog number for this album is. Yeah. It's oh, BSP08. Hey. I mean. But yeah. So this is on the Turk Street Studios COVID compilation. Yeah. Came out in 2020. Uh, that was uh, a Slaufeg's, the new Slaufeg song called Cannons. That this is, is the, uh, written, mixed, produced, and all that. Yeah, um, this is an Adrian song. Yeah. 
This is so part, part of the new. you came up with this song a long time ago, right? And you played yeah. it for me. I wrote the song for you. I wanted you to sing I it initially. I wrote the song for you. I did. I'm sure, it's not like Jim Croce. And then, uh, and then it didn't catch on. Didn't catch on. And it then did catch on. I told you. I remember me reminding you throughout New Oregon in the two-year period that I was recording. What about your acoustic song? Your acoustic song. You go, yeah, I'll get around to that. I'll get around to that. Hey. Well, that's when I actually finished the lyrics for it. You and then it when the album was already sent off to the. the Pressing plan. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't finish he it. He tried to tell Enrico, enough. and he's like, "Too late, pal." <laughs> but here's the point: the last minute, he played me this song, and I said, "That's really good." Yeah. You know, I, and I was like, "Wow, man!" You know, you know, you, I guess you, yeah, natural. I mean, I, you didn't say like, "I want you to sing this, Mike," but you were like, "We're gonna do this song, and you're gonna sing it because you're the singer for most of the stuff or something." I don't. And um, so I was like, "Yeah, I, I like that idea, right?" And then I said, "What did I say next?" You said, "Oh, uh, let's let's make a metal version of that. Let's make that continue, or let's just make the same song go suddenly become heavy with that riff that goes." So I wrote that my part, the metal part. Right. I wrote that out, wrote a whole song, wrote the lyrics. We practiced it, and that song was sort of Machiavelli, which you just heard. But, but Machiavelli is in a different key, right? It is. Well, yeah, but it's. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's the same riff, basically. It's the same feel. Yeah, yeah it's the same basic riff, yeah. right? So the, it's based on your song. And then your song sort of got put on the back burner, forgotten, and I remember going, "Where are you?" Uh, you know, it? then it came on to this compilation when we were uh, when they asked us to uh, write a couple songs for this compilation. Point I is, was it was like supposed to be on New Organon. Yeah, yeah, it was supposed to be on New Organon, but uh, it was one of those uh, bonus tracks that got left off, and so um, so that's something where you know we added some extra pieces and then put it on when Who recorded the song when it was when we were asked to be on this compilation. Bob Monaco came down. With his, uh, with his from uh, Ermine Records. Yeah, yeah. With his, with his. <laughs> this originally was supposed to be on Ermine Records. Well, it was on an ADAT actually. That's how long ago that that actually took place. It was on Bob Anako's ADAT, right after he wrote. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was on Bob Ermine and Bob Monaco. Uh Bob Ermine is that? Uh, yeah. Oh he, uh, man. <laughs> well, you know, he was the American Teddy Boy, like I was saying. Sure. Right? He was the American Teddy the Boy. American, yes. That was his. Now in the '60s, in the early '60s, that first song we played was, you know, Bob Ermine was the American Teddy Boy. It just right. means he picked up on the style of, like John Lennon. Absolutely. Was, you know, Absolutely. Was, was a fake Teddy Boy, of course, the faux yeah. Teddy Boy. The yeah. fake Teddy Boy. And he was, he was saying, "I want to be a Teddy," but he's living in Ventura, right? Because they're doing all that surf stuff well, down there. It's like Malibu or something. Yeah, yeah. So, no, it's all stuff that everybody knows, Mike. You don't so need to go over that. that I know. That tired history. Everybody knows that. back, particularly in that sort of. Faux Teddy Boy John Lennon style, not in like the, you know. Faux. I mean, there weren't too many mods down there, so there was no one to really oh, fight him or anything, you know. But no. but he was a Ted. He was a Ted, you know. He thought, you know. He was a Ted. And so when he wanted to produce so those songs, he brought Graham Parsons over. Oh really? Because well, Graham Parsons, the Holly. It sounds like the Hollies, doesn't it? No. The that yeah, first song that we played. Well, Paul Revere and the Raiders, the Hollies. Yeah, it sounds like Dave Clark Five. They oh, not Paul Revere and the Raiders. Yeah, Dave Clark Five. Well, it, Graham Parsons, you know. Same thing. So Graham Parsons was out here uh, meeting up with, you know. Uh, they were all hanging out Mulholland Drive Well, and eventually stuff. they were going to do, uh, um, you know, he was hanging out with uh, Stephen Crosby. Stills. You know, yeah, st- uh, I mean, it, before, way before they, they played Woodstock, obviously. It was like 63. Was oh, it? for 64. sure. But yeah. Graham Parsons was actually a teddy boy at one point. Because all mm-hmm. those guys were, all those, you know, those British rockers. They Like, obviously the Beatles. uh Paul Revere and the Raiders, I just said, Jerry and the Pacemakers. Um, Tight pants and a string tie, long hair in the front. Um, 
hair that would go touch Long their hair ears. In the front, what are you right. talking about? Well, yeah, before that, no, that's the whole point of the Beatles haircut. You take a Teddy Boy haircut, the the, yeah. the, the, the ducktail pompa, yeah. and you just comb it forward. Yeah. So Graham Parsons was so, the first guy to so do that. So it's your right? eyebrows so and your ears. He's like, I want this guy producing these records because he was a real Ted. He's a real Teddy Boy, not like John Lennon. It was phony. You know, he thought he was really in with the, right. the hardcore Teddy Boy. So he got Graham Ted. Parsons out here to produce that song that you played. And um, the real Ted, and I that was pretty much how that how that I went. I still want to know yeah. how that song was recorded. Uh, which one? Well, I don't know how. I just know that Grand Park. Well, I'm asking the composer. Oh, 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 oh! That was a another Batuka production. That was oh that one yeah okay. that, that was re- Can- cannons was another Batuka production recorded here in our uh, rehearsal studio that we're actually down here. recording this uh, podcast here. on right here and so uh, Batuka came <laughs> down here <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. And uh, that was another one of those uh, kind of uh, self-made productions that seem to be coming more and more over the years. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, hey, man, it sounds great. I like it. You know, uh, it's dynamite. I've dynamite production. I've seen some people on YouTube that say like, "Oh, you know, it sounds like it's um, it's it's recorded in the practice space." Wait, what, on YouTube, what? Mm. Yeah, YouTube, YouTube comments and stuff. On what song? Uh, on not Laser on, Enfor- not Laser on Enforcer. Uh, no, on on uh, Taser on, on one of the new Organon songs, they said that. No, they did. You're right. Yeah, yeah. they said that. So what? They said that the drums on on the last on the Cynic sound like they're done in a, in rehearsals, yeah. on a boombox. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that's so because you sabotaged them. The, the one of the right, drum mics. But I remember. But I remember I when did, that it happened. Was on purpose. Who, who, was playing and you did that. Who cares yeah. if it sounds that way? Well, I mean, apparently somebody because some they're, they're do, down, yeah. they they yeah. comment on it. I heard a couple comments stuff. about that. Yeah, that th- there's two songs on the record that sound like they were recorded on boombox. I really dig that. Sort of Machiavelli does not sound like that. It just doesn't. That's bull. It doesn't mm-hmm. sound like mm-hmm. uh, it was recorded. No, I, I really like the sound the of the songs does. that we did down here. I mean, I love the whole album. There's two songs we did down here. Yeah, I said two songs. Yeah, well, they're they're very different though. The, I mean, the I know, sort of but the overall sound of those songs. Yeah, I love it. The guitar sound is probably better than the sounds. Uh, than than the sounds on the rest of the album. I, that for for sort of spent some time on it. You know? sure. well, so did messing we, with it and stuff. So did we at, at, uh, at no, the we other spent a lot of time film, at, you know? at El Studio. Yeah, I mean, but um, the the sort of Machiavelli was uh, it came out really really yeah, good production. Yeah, and that was the one that we were thinking about maybe not using. I mean, we spent most of our time and focus on the Cynic. I remember. Really? And you were you were thinking we'll do oh, the other yeah, song yeah, and yeah, if yeah, it doesn't yeah, work out right, we'll leave it off. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. You know, sort of Machiavelli. Maybe use it for seven inch or something. Came out great. So it was originally inspired by this song yeah. by Adrian, which is called again Cannons. Goes to show though the song that you spend least attention to, your least attention to, and your least focus on is is the better Some, song. Sometimes. Yeah. You know? Sometimes. Yeah. Depends. But regardless, I mean, I I really dig the way those songs. Sound. I really I really cool. like the way that the songwriting of sort of Machiavelli, starting with the riff that is inspired by your riff, and then. <laughs> and then building to that, we did write that in. I mean, I wrote, I don't know if I wrote it here or at home, but I, I it was like two yeah, seconds. That I don't know. Done. I think it, it all right just kind of happened here because I mean I we had here. thrown it around. Yeah. yeah, I remember we threw the riff around, and then it was like, okay, now we just need to arrange it. Well, the down and down and down I came up with that in two seconds out of the other riff, and that's yeah. it. That's it. That's two riffs. Right? Yeah, that's that was, and that was yeah. it. But then what I really liked is how the vocals turned out down here because I was not sure about the vocals, and then when we did them. Somehow we pulled off the best vocal sound I've ever done down here. Because oh we were relaxed and stuff, you know. Because yeah. I, I wasn't relaxed at all. You it were totally la- We had very limited time. Remember, Phil had to mix them on the phone with me. We had to give him the reels. <laughs> I was completely yeah. stressed out about it. I wasn't relaxed. <laughs> I was like, get it done, get it done. I got, I got here from work. I got here after lecturing for like three hours. My voice but was I trash. Think being in a I was fa- the antithesis of relaxed. But being in a familiar space that you are accustomed to, to performing in. To creating well, in. Well, yeah. 
I remember that it's a safe space, Mike. The vocals, <laughs> unlike other things Mike we've needs done, needs to be in a safe space. Yeah, other vocals. things we've done in this room where we've had unlimited time because obviously we're not paying and there's no budget or anything. Right. Yeah. Was yeah. that? But not those songs because those songs. Remember how quickly we had to do them and how? Oh yeah. We had to race to get them mixed and get on the record because Phil and was the tape broke on one of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, that was not <laughs> we relaxed at all. We were freaking <laughs> out, man. I remember the harshest part was we had this hard deadline and we were going to go on tour with Sanhedrin and yeah. I was I took the reels and brought right. them to Phil at El Studio <laughs> and then he brought them home to his home eight track studio right. and we spent the whole day just phone calling and tech and uh, 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 emailing uh, the uh, yeah. I mean it worked it was great and oh Phil yeah. was really great but but I mean he was the like waiting was always the harshest part the next morning. He's like, I gotta go on vacation with my family the next morning. My God, we gotta get this done, Mike. And, and it was very. I gotta uh, go on vacation. <laughs> well, he was going. That's you know, so what he was doing the next day. So that's why we couldn't do them at the studio because he just it wasn't the money. He didn't have the time. Yeah. You know, that's why it took two years to make a record. That I, was I yeah. remember doing the rhythm tracks for that where it was pretty stressful that time. It was because well. But I remember when I came to do the guitar solos, it was just me and you, and you were working. It was a Saturday afternoon. And it was you and Phil once. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it was me and Adrian here okay. doing the guitar solos. Oh, here for on those this two song, songs. These songs. Oh yeah. no, yeah, that was mellow because I was. And here. Um, that was fun. And Batuka was producing. <laughs> I wasn't here. Yeah. You know, I don't remember. <laughs> well, that's the that's the mark of a good producer. <laughs> I don't really. You don't even know he's there. Yeah, you don't even know he's there. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah that the, the mark of a good that's producer. That's what Al Jarreau yeah. always said. You don't even know he's there, but somehow I don't know Batuka. Somehow he's steering. He's steering yeah, okay. the process. We yeah. might be losing some people. Okay, so next. No, not at so all. That, was, that was the evolution of those songs right there. One came out of the other. I think our fans one. are going to be fascinated. Oh, yeah, I, I'm sure they are. Fascinating yeah. rhythm. You so know? I, I want to do my thing here because I haven't contributed anything to this yet. No, not and really. every week now I've been doing uh, something that maybe isn't so exciting, and that's why. But uh, we want to do our Name That Tune, you know, uh, from the Yasek collection of oh, just cool. heavy rock. Heavy, heavy rock songs. So this is from one of Yasek's uh, compilations he yeah. made for you? Oh, cool. We spent okay. a lot of time talking about those. But basically, yeah. we're just going to play a what's very the t- What's the title of this compilation? Hard rock, just heavy rock. Just It's just all different underground heavy yeah. rock. And I would cool. assume it, okay. it might be from the 70s, might be from the 80s. You know, wasn't much heavy rock in the 60s. Is it but American, knows? European? Do I know? don't know, actually. Don't know. Yeah, because yeah. this one has so much on it, we're going to hit the random. You know, We're just going to hit a track randomly. And then, of course, we're going to do my, cool. uh, no, this might good. be the last of my my uh, power metal collection that we just keep playing, you know, we keep playing power metal songs because I, I'm trying to, uh, again, I wasn't a power metal fan, I'm not a power metal fan now, but I was always sort of, what's the word for it, fascinated or stunned or something by this Shocked. happy metal movement yeah. that, that there's well, so a lot of it out there. You recognize its, its, its validity. Uh, I don't know about the, the world of well, heavy validity. metal. I mean, it exists. It's a valid form of metal, yes. But uh, oh, it, existence uh, is not valid. What? It's it's a, it's valid. The the conclusion follows follows necessarily from the premises. That what is that, that Adrian? He's over there just popping goofballs like he usually. Is. We are going to play Luca Torelli. I know we already played the Ancient Forest of Elves a few months ago. So we're going to play the name that tune from the Yasek. We're going to do that also. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, which one are we going to do now? Well, I don't Play the heavy rock song. Yeah. Heavy, heavy rock song. By Luca Torelli. And uh, this is probably the, the, the granddaddy of them all. The most. The most power metal. Power metal, like, okay. like really. Indicative of the genre. Indicative of the genre that I have ever heard. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know what the honest truth is? I had the name written down. God's it's honest called, truth? It's called like 
Steel Panther or something. What's that band? It's a, it's yeah, called Steel Dragon, I think. Steel Panther is the band, I think. No, no, but th- you remember that movie with uh, uh, Oh, Jennifer yeah, yeah, yeah. Anis, yeah, and, uh, and, and uh, Marky Mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was the band called in that know. movie? I think Steel it was Steel Dragon, Dragon. Yeah, yeah. That's the name of this song. It's the same as that movie, yeah. Yeah, I, so I thought Dragon. that movie was entertaining. Uh, it was pretty hard to watch. Uh, well, it but was it was very difficult. No, but I liked that there was there was drama in the movie. I mean, it was fun because it was so. <laughs> yeah, it was. And then at the end, the guy like has like he's well, wearing. That a was the only realistic stuff. part of it. Yeah, he becomes, that was a, great. He becomes Eddie Vedder at the end. Yeah. Right? It was anyway, great. Steel Dragon's the name All of the right. song. No, I we're gonna play this one. This. We're gonna play the Luca Torelli song, and then you're gonna name that tune afterwards. All right.
right, so. All right. Whoa. So that first song, we do know what that was, uh, Adrian. That was Scorpion's Outtake. Yeah, that was the B-side to the Zoo 45. A B-side to the and Zoo 45? Called, really? Uh, Angelo. That song is called Hey You. Yeah. And featuring. Wow. Featuring, who was that singing? Klaus Mein. No. Huh? The backup vocal. Who, who sang the, the lead, lead vocal? vocal? Oh, Michael Schenker. No. It was Michael Schenker. It wasn't Uli Roth. It wasn't Herman Rarebell. Was it Francis Butthole? And it wasn't Francis Butthole. <laughs> so it Who's was. Left? Dude. Oh, uh, um, uh, Matthias Jobs? <laughs> no. <laughs> Who's Matthi- the other guy Matthias you didn't Jabs. mention in the Scorpions? You said Michael Schenker. Rudolph Schenker. Rudolph. Oh. The, the, uh, Rudolph, he man. also plays all the instruments except for the drums on that song. Oh. Yeah. Wow. He's a man yeah. of many talents. Yeah, that was yeah. Rudy. Well, when you say all the instruments, you mean the guitar and the bass? <laughs> <laughs> that's what he meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Rudolph. You know, that's a pretty good way of putting it there. Rudolph. Uh, <laughs> well, he did the guitar solos. He, the he doesn't claps. usually do that. <laughs> it's all flying V there. That's all you hear. He, uh, not necessarily. Well, no, he might not be. Have you ever seen him playing anything else? Um, no. Yes. At what? what was yes. Uh, at, oh gosh, he was playing, um, it wasn't a 335. It was, um, it was like the same shape of the 335, but no holes, no F holes. That's mm. impossible. Yeah. Rudy Shankar, no, he never did that. He yeah, yeah, yeah. He at the, he's not capable of it. At the, at the Cow Palace. <laughs> Okay. At the Cow Palace. Oh, with the orchestra? Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, yeah exactly. that doesn't count. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that was it. That was it. Yeah, that was cool. I that had so much fun yeah, at that no, show, I man. Didn't, I didn't go to that. That was no, good. No. I liked no. it, yeah. Rudy. And it was uh, Night Ranger opening. Ooh. It was I, oh. I saw a very bad version of Night. I saw a three-piece version of Night Ranger in Monterey in the 90s. What? Oh, my God. That must Brad have been Gilles. awesome. At the State Fair? Yeah. Kelly Keegy. No, at a, pl- at a club called uh, Planet Gemini. Yeah. Kelly Keegan. Nice. Yeah, the and Keegster. the bass player was because Jack um, Blades was playing in Damn Yankees. Yeah, the bass player. Oh, actually, so they had a different the bass guy. player. Was oh. a local guy actually. No, I they were, he was name. doing the Rubicon reunion. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and dude, Night Ranger and Monterey in the nineties. Oh, fantastic! Without, without Jack Blades. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. I love Night Ranger. I hate Night Ranger. I, I go see them all the time. I hate Night Ranger. I saw all them right, at the Fillmore right. a couple of years ago. I I, uh, I was like it was me my girlfriend. Was Jack Blades in it then? Uh, Tom yeah, uh, Tom Draper was there. Mm-hmm. We were all hanging out and like singing along. Singing oh, that sounds great, great man. Um, Can't stand Brad Gillis. I'm sorry. Oh, Can't he's he's, he's brutal. He's player. brutal. Yeah, his guitar. He's, he's brutal. Yeah, Brad. He's, he's awful. Yeah. <laughs> he does sessions all over the. Oh yeah. He did say he did a bunch of sessions at at uh, CR where well, we recorded oh, yeah. Twilight and with Justin Weiss. He came yeah. in there and. Yeah. Whipped out some neat and nasty guitar licks, uh, yeah. but and we saw, and he came to see Slaufeg in 1992 by mistake. Of what? He, he walked in. Well, you know this story, don't you? No, I don't. Birthday, it was his right? birthday. Yeah, you told the story. <laughs> we were playing this gig at yep. um, Rock and Robins, which became Boomerang later on Upper. Oh, Hayes, okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, 1992, and uh, just we we did a lot of random like bar gigs back then. Really, we just got whatever gigs we could. It was on a Sunday. Sure. I remember that. Yeah. And we were in there playing Mr. Crowley. <laughs> and I mean, it was a decent. There was people there. It was a decent night. Wait, but you guys, you were playing Mr. Crowley. Slaufeg was playing Mr. You Crowley. You were we playing and singing Mr. Mr. Crowley. Uh, Chris Hay was playing guitar, and I was singing. And yeah. you were singing. Were you wearing a shirt? Yes. And uh, and so Brad Gillis walked through the door while we were playing Mr. Crowley. Of course, I don't think we realized he was there yet. But when we got off stage, um, Chris turned around. I think Brad Gillis is here. And I look around. 
and there's this guy sitting at the bar in like a like a you know like a pink pastel like shirt a sleeveless shirt or whatever uh, and uh, all those Marin, he looked like Sammy Hagar. They're, they all look, you know, those Marin guys all kind of have the same those style. Those Marin guys, the Marin you know. guys, and uh, he was down. He looked really quite like that pastel, you know. Yeah. And uh, he had these two really big dudes with him, almost like like bodyguards. Not that Brad Gillis, any but who the hell's gonna recognize him, especially in the '90s, you know? But these two big dudes with him who looked can't like, be too careful, man. They looked like extras from Miami Vice or something like. Uh, and uh, <laughs> they were all eighties up with their hair, and they had pastel color. And then there was some, you know, some pretty. Uh, L.A. looking women with him, and he sat at the bar. And Chris went over, "Hey," and he's like, "Hey, great show, buddy," or whatever. You know, we played Mr. Crowley. You know, because he had played Mr. Crowley, of course, with Ozzy. Of and and, uh, yeah. and then and then uh, somebody mentioned that it had it was his birthday, and he was just walking around, going to s- hitting some hitting all the hot spots on Upper Hate Street, cruising you know, the out hate, band. Man. Yeah, cruising. And uh, Chris bought him a beer. And I was like, "He's Brad Gillis, man. He's rich." You know, <laughs> well, that probably isn't even rich, but. And he's like, I'll buy you a beer. It's your birthday. Yeah. He bought him like a Red Hook. Or a, and uh, he said, good luck with your band, man. And he left. <laughs> I, I used to buy famous people drinks I mean, all yeah, the time. I, yeah, I don't know. When I, I, used, to go really to the, I used to go to the NAMM shows all the time in When uh, people in think LA. I'm Jay Maskus, they buy me drinks. Yeah. Yeah, th- boom, there I've you go. Many I remember I was trying to break into the Zappa concert in 1988. And you're just like, all right, keep them Upper coming. Upper Darby. Exactly. And uh, I ran into uh, Dweezil like, Zappa. And I didn't buy him a drink. Because I was seventeen. Anyway, what's next? What so so anyway, wait wait. What about play? the next? Okay, we did that right. The Scorpion song, and oh, then oh, the name yeah. that tune. So that last one we just played. We don't know what it was because it's from one of those compilations. It sounds so familiar out. though. It That's does. Um, but uh, if you know what that was, and we're hoping it wasn't Nazareth because that would be too that obvious. Well, and it Nazareth, wasn't Nazareth, no. even though it sounded kind of like Nazareth. Yeah, come on, send it in. Let uh, us know. Send in your your game. Well, what was that song? Not the Scorpions one, but the one after that that we just played. Posts on um, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, yeah. whatever, and then uh, if you get it right, I'll respond, and then I'll ask you for your uh, your location code, and then... And you'll get a free uh, George... Uh, you get a prize package. Uh, prize, yeah, prize package. Yeah, yeah prize package. But uh, wait, what were we talking about there's after that? Prize package that there's always something in it for the fans from Slaufag, right? A prize package that it's all It's all about the fans. That's Absolutely. what, that's what ma- The fans are what yeah. matter. A prize yeah. package that could it's include... It's always about the fans. <laughs> this download card for New Orleans. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here, here's a download card. <laughs> you get a download card. <laughs> a gift card from us. That's about as cheap as... That's, Actually, one of the one of the people who answered uh, one of the things <laughs> like a week or two ago, I sent them a piece of um, a piece of Linguini. a broken symbol. Oh, oh boy! I That's sent them a piece of a broken symbol. You even know whose it was? Uh, no, it was one. I, ha- I think it was an Addison broken. We were just symbol. lying around here from. No, I had it in the draw for like Addison's a long time. Bro- we just sent out that bottle of bourbon. Hey, what happened? What'd you do with that thing? It's behind a bunch oh, of yeah, crates. Yeah. Addison spittle it, backwashing. Yeah. That was pre-COVID, though. So true enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That d- did you know there's a Slaufig podcast drinking game? I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. there is a Slaufig. Po- it's like, it's like something when Mike says I don't know, or when Adrian corrects Mike, you're supposed to drink, mm. and then and then it's something that if if both of us don't so know, yeah, don't but know then we both remember at the same time, then you're supposed to pound your Because we're posers. We're supposed to be this underground metal band. I understand. But we always put on underground metal. Don't even know what it is. <laughs> we don't know anything. Okay. This is terribly we're exciting. We're not hardcore like Angelo. Yeah. We're not. We're not hardcore. I know. Doom. Angelo can name we're all not, those We're tunes. not true doom. I could have named that tune. We're not from the true circle of doom. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A circle of true doom. The circle of true doom. Yeah. There's only five members. There's like Tom Phillips. Yeah. So oh, I don't know, man. This is getting depressing. I don't, five I don't members know. like a pentagram. That's right. Yeah, That's exactly. how you make the circle yeah. of true doom, right? The circle of true doom, yeah. I don't know it's Carl from... 
Gates of Slumber, Tom Phillips, Angelo, probably Rich, if he's true to. And who's the other guy? He's got to be Perry. Perry's definitely in there. What do you mean? What? He's not a true doomer. Perry? No. He's not? What about Rob Preston? Do you have to be in a band? At oh, I don't know. Oh, do you, do you, do you, Bob, true doomer, do you have to be in a band? Bob Preston is the true doomer. I mean, he he's he like knows the, all about the doom. He's the guy. There's got to be some Germans in there somewhere. Or no, are they not? But that's a good question. Do you Garrett have to Mutz be? Is, Garrett Mutz is the, is the true doom guy of, of, of the continent of Europe. And know? he's in a band. True enough. He's yeah. in two doom bands, or he has it. Yeah. So what you got he's for us now, true. Angelo? Yeah. Um, we're gonna play a pagan altar song. Oh, okay, let's good, get into true doom mode. We're talking about we're talking about doom metal. True enough, yeah. That first one. Okay, this is a uh, looks like a white label promo. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. Angelo. Test pressing. Oh, test pressing. Oh, you guys still get excited about test pressing? Whoa, yeah. so it, it probably has <laughs> no catalog <laughs> number. Not test pressing, no. That's amazing. So this is pagan altar.
That's pretty cool, man. What was that? That Angelo? was Spiny Norman. Spiny Norman. A song Norman? called <laughs> Spiny Norman, dude. This, That's this awesome. is killer, man. I just like the name. I don't care what. Okay, so Spiny Norman. That song was called Bell Park Loon. Dude, um, what? The heck? It's from 1978, and this British is taken. No, right? no, no, no. There's a band from Texas. What? Wait, wait. That sounds so British. Wait. Well, what? it's taken. I think Spiny Norman is from. Um, oh man. Some British comedy. Yeah, some, and the, the name yeah. Loon, that's totally, that's like Monty yeah. Python. Shit. It's a great, uh, the vinyl is from, like this. I think it's from Monty Python. This yeah. vinyl oh, is, is like translucent yeah. pers- yeah. purple. It's taken from the second volume of the Brown Acid series. Okay. <laughs> but Spiny Norman was two guys from Texas in the 70s, and um, they had a band. Did not know that. And they just recorded, they recorded an album in their college. And, um, in their college dorm room. And I'm telling you, it is. Uh, Couldn't do that back then. You had to go to the radio station, unless yeah. you were Devo and, and Mark Brothers. Yeah. Like 70s. <laughs> but the album is is very, um, very psychedelic very and nightmarish and dark yeah, and, yeah. and really, really, really unsettling. I, I was rather unsettled by that uh, for a minute there. I was. Yeah, I man. Spiny Norman. Very, very I cool stuff. Norman. Crawling so up my spine, my spiny spine. So that's on the there, brown acid compilation? My spiny spine spine was being stimulated by acid. that the second chilling. Uh, Album that you write song that you just played. I mean, look at that cover. Can you beat that? That's amazing. Man. Could I beat great? it? Yeah. It's killer, dude. It looks like I can't really tell. It looks like a spy. It looks like like it's a girl with a gun. Yeah, it looks like it looks like uh, that's uh, what it Avengers is. Or International something. spy. Yeah. No, the record covers for these brown acid compilations are all pretty cool. Brown acid, like no brown acid in the in the no M&M like the brown like acid like the brown acid. Yeah, yeah. freaking. That's why it's a the, freak out. Oh, it's when you have a brown out. Of like a blackout. It's oh like man, like don't talk to me about brownouts, man. Brownouts when you get in a hotel room and you yeah, start farting all that. I know, yeah. Bad scene, man. We've had a couple of those, yeah, haven't we? But the brown acid, though, that's just a total freak out, right? Yeah. A bad freak out. Real no, bad. No, just freak total out. freak out. Okay, well, uh, without we're on that subject, have you ever had a freak out like that? No. A bad have freak you? out? Well, oh, you never even done it, right? Yeah. No. Yeah, how about you? I, I've no. had some yeah, freak you, you outs. Had a freak yeah. out? I've had freak outs, no. yeah. Really? What happened? Yeah. yeah. Um I just got trapped in a porta potty for, for yeah, for what seemed like hours. Oh. Really? <laughs> yeah. How? <laughs> God almighty. That's that's Yeah, and then horrific. Uh, yeah, it is totally horrific. And then I came out and it was like turned out I was only gone for like twenty minutes. Yeah. yeah. Time 
distortion. A yeah, small eternity. Yeah, it felt it felt like an eternity. I thought I was really? in there for like hours. Like I was dying. Like my whole insides were just like spiraling out my guts and everything. You got and disemboweled I, in the porta potty. Oh, totally, wow. dude. And I was like acid. suffering for like hours. You? Yeah. Wow, you had a bed. Oh right man, I was to hell and back again. Man. One time when I was, you know, I, I was down in uh, Santa Cruz, a bunch of people, you know, surfing. Go- we're goofing, you know, and uh, <laughs> well, you know, we were. You know, High, you know, and and I, uh, no, yeah, and uh, and uh, going brown acid, but I had to, I had to take a, you know, I had to go to the bathroom, you know, number two, and uh, <laughs> okay, and uh, well, you know, I don't want to say get too graphic on this show, you know, it's not, it's not, <laughs> well really no, this, this is fascinating, become, Mike. but I had so to, go on, I had please. nothing to wipe with, but it, we were <laughs> on the rocks down by the beach in Santa Cruz, and I had nothing to, you know, yeah, you know, <laughs> but a, but a bank statement. And now this is back in the days when bank statements at Wells Fargo. Now you're talking about a porta potty incident, you know? So, no, no, and wait, a bank statement. I don't mean the kind you get now from the ATM. I'm talking about when you went to the ATM back in the early '90s. It was like a little card that came right. out. Remember that? Do you remember that? I do remember. A little that. card. That's yeah. all I had. Good God! If you know anything about going to the bathroom when you're in that state, you know it, it's not always not always too pretty, you know. So that was that. That's sort of the beginning of the bad experience, you know, uh, right there. That that uh, sets the uh, tone, you know, for, uh, the, for the, you know. And there's other times when I was like a teenager ouch. when I thought that these the Lovecraftian gods were coming to get me, you know. But that's just standard sort of like bad trip stuff, you know. So yeah, I wasn't it. trapped in a porta potty though. Yeah, got it. Trapped in a cave in Santa Cruz. It was in a cave though where that happened. Well, that's yeah. pretty cool actually. Yeah, well, it wasn't that cool when it happened, but it was a good story. Yeah. Oh, sure. It's always a good story. And always good stories here on Slaufig. And uh, and as always, you can... If this you is great. I'm really happy that I came up here tonight and that we're, we're doing this. this yeah. We're here together. Absolutely. Once, once Absolutely. This is the first time we've been in the same room together since March yeah. 6th. Let's hope we don't... Yeah, it doesn't produce bad results. Was it March 6th? Yeah. I thought it was February. Well, we had one practice after that. Did we? After the after that gig on February twenty third, yeah, we waited know. two weeks and then we had a band practice. Oh, okay. And, and then, then that was it. To, then we had to go. Yeah, yeah we had one and rehearsal. Here we are, one year later. Yeah, here, I mean practically. Yeah. As always, you can send in your physical media to Lord Weird Slaufeg at PO Box one nine one three zero one, San Francisco, California nine four one one nine, and um, we'd love to hear anything you send. Uh, we make it part of our heavy metal unboxing episode, which. Uh, Apparently, we're going to have a heavy metal unboxing pretty soon. There's a box that has just uh, shown up recently in my doorstep. And, uh, yeah, Angelo, it's been cool having you. It's good to see you uh, here yeah. at the space. Likewise, and, uh, my friends. Likewise. You know, we'll try and put something together. Who knows when the next gig is going to be. Um, we, we don't know. Um, we're just going to keep on uh, keeping on. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we're going to have a new, another psych, uh, psych freak psych out. Psych song from C- Colonel... Bacon bits or whatever. Sure. No, oh, no, right. we're gonna we're gonna close it out with some Beowulf, <laughs> man. Oh, Beowulf. Okay, sorry. Beowulf, yeah. season two, episode one. This is the season premiere. Uh, this one's we're not gonna have from okay. Beowulf. Yeah. This is off of their album called Slice of Life. Ooh. The song is called Social Champ.
Baby. 